So most people now feel an unease and a discomfort, yeah, don't they? They don't feel like an ease and comfort in their own skin. And that's really a shame because it's seemingly the only skin you're going to be in in this whole life. So if you're not comfortable and feeling at ease in your own skin, you're really sort of starting in a bad position, don't you think? I mean, you would like to have that as a given, you know, because there's a lot of other things that happen to you during the day that may not be liked or may not be liked, but at least you felt at least a little bit comfortable here, where you seem to be in. Yet your mind is totally absorbed in being this. Yeah. And, you, and the system that you that is informing you about life and you and them and time and everything like that, that system only pictures you as a you. It only pictures you as a body, yeah? When you think of yourself, how do you think of yourself? Yeah, when you're ahead, when you don't think of yourself, when this, when this system of thought and interpretation thinks about a you, it thinks about a you as a body. If you start thinking about what could possibly happen to me on this trip I'm going, you're picturing you as a body. And if you dwell, no matter how many times you go in the past and you try to think about you, in all these different situations with different people and different places, you're always pictured as the same body. That same body having maybe thousands of different feelings, but it's the same body. So you have to see the limitations of the system. The way it casts you is as a body. The way it thinks about you as a body. And if you're not a body, then obviously the whole system is, in a, is failed. Because it doesn't even recognize you as what you are. And its whole premise and everything must be rooted back and based back on that because the whole system is defined by a statement called self-centeredness. So it's centered on the idea of being a self and its idea of you as a self is as a body. So all the feelings and all the thoughts that are getting filtered through this screen, through this funnel, they have to be screened by its definition of what you are. So when you're looking at something and you're in relationship to it, yeah, there can be thousands of things that you'll meet in life that you're in relationship to, but what's in relationship to will be the one thing that you're cast as, which is a body. So thousands of things you run into, maybe 50 in a day, maybe five in a day, maybe thousands and thousands over a lifetime, but they all get filtered into they're all related and seen and interpreted as how they refer to you. And the you could be wrong. Yeah. So if, let's say if you took... Uh, let's say you took the view in a situation, there's a predator and the prey. Yeah. Now if you took the view of the prey, and the prey was really way ahead of the predator, that would look successful. If you took the view of the predator, that would look like failure. Yeah. So, what's happening is the same event as something running after something else. From the point of view of the prey, it's very successful because he's got about 500 yards between it and the predator. To the predator, it's, very, it's a failure, yeah? Because he can't run as fast as the prey, and he's basically just, it's a lost in, you know, endeavor, yeah? But it's the same event, but seen from what position gives it its meaning. So, that's just an example, but if you, if everything that you come in contact with here, you come in contact as a body, and that may not actually capture what you truly are, then the interpretation of life is off, isn't it? Right from the get-go. No matter how hard you work at trying to really understand something, you're standing on like a, it's an imbalanced floor. You're not on sound ground because of, what you're identified with or referring everything to and from isn't off. It's off. It's not, you're not a body. So, from a body's point of view, life looks like it's happening to it. You feel the wind, you hit the sun, someone throws something at you, it hits, someone punches you, you get attacked by viruses and bacteria and all this, yes? You get colds in the weather, or someone shakes your hand and they were sick and you touch it and then you have a virus. And it looks like life's happening to you as a body. Yeah? It's very difficult to get over that view as a body. But if you're not a body, 
Just as easily, life can be seen as it's happening. You just see life as happening. Now, you may not think that that's much, but the difference between seeing life as it's happening and it's happening to you is unbelievably different. It's extremely different. If you wanted to use weight as an example, it's much, much heavier when you look at life as happening to you. Yeah? Than if you just look at life as it's happening. Yeah. If you're looking at life it's happening, first of all, you're really pretty much engaged with what's happening now. Yeah? If you look at life as what is happening to you, you are a function and a story in time, the sense of being a you. So what's, what's happening truly engages your head into what's not happening. You just go back into, oh, this reminds me of something that happened to me in the past, and oh, I don't want this to be happening to me tomorrow. Yeah? So fear and regret and all this stuff gets given birth to by this functioning as this in relationships to everything you meet. The same thing with time. Time will seem very important because what can happen to this yes, is it's eroding considerably. In other words, the first breath you ever take is on the way to having your last breath. Yeah? It progresses to the point of bye-bye. Yeah? So the body has a huge amount of anxiety just in its, in its own premise because it want, it's going to run out of time and it'll probably still want to do something. I still I got that one thing. And you're not going to be able to get everything you wanted. So it's, when it has an experience, it's like an accountant. It's like amassing credit or value. Did I have a good enough day today? Or did I make enough money today? Or do I have this? Or did I score 20 points? And it gets very, very incredible because it's trying to build an account. Yeah? In fear of that it's all going to mean nothing at one point. <sighs> Because you're going to leave just as you came in here, with nothing. <laughs> but when you're a something, nothing scares the living bejesus out of you. When you're a something, nothing scares the living bejesus out of this mind. Nothing is unbelievably cool, because everything comes from it, yeah? Total all possibilities arise out of nothing, yes? Nothing can be everything. But when you're a something... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is like a big zero. What is it doing for me? How am I getting better by entertaining this message? Yes, I'd rather go back to school. I'd go back to work and do overtime. I'll have more to show for it than entertaining. I'm not this. Yeah. Anyway, I see everyone as a body. They're all bodies out here. You don't understand that the mind projects where it's coming from. Yeah. If, I'm, if I, there's a belief that I'm a body, I'm going to hold you to being a body. It's just that fucking simple. Yeah? If I saw you as not a body, that would be the scariest thing in my head because then I'd maybe, maybe, just maybe, first of all, I'd probably make you a saint, which would give me an immunity to actually questioning a higher body because that would make you a special body that's a nobody now. Yeah? <laughs> I couldn't just entertain that I'm not a body. So basically, maybe I'd like you as not a body, but I'd probably hate you if you stayed around. Because you would be an example that maybe just maybe I'm not a body and there's no I don't need that. Yes. I'm too busy living a life as a body. Too many things are happening to me. I don't have any time for that. Yeah? So for me the everything is given meaning to from to this whole place from the one place that you give meaning from. If it's coming from being a body, things are gonna have a lot of importance. Yeah. Big time. Solid. Even look at our language. What matters? That means what matters is really important. What matters? Yeah. It's really solid like a rock. Would you like to be a rock? Solid like a rock. That's value. That's something dependable. That's reliable. This solid, solid. This is all airy fairy. What the hell? Nothing. This is like oh, nothing. But solid as a rock matters. Yes. Thick substance. Yes. So all the meaning that we give life, and you are having a subjective experience here. There's no escape from that. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. That is not a particular thing that you're doing, Z. It's what this apparatus does. It gives meaning to things. And you've seen it so many times, like 
this is a problem one day when you're not feeling well, when you're feeling well, it's not a problem, then you're not feeling well, it's a problem again. What is it? Is it a problem or not a problem? It's really neither, yeah. It's the meaning that you give it. And the you that's giving it the meaning is the biggest meaning of all, that there's a you giving meaning. That is where all the meaning gets distributed through and it's all rooted back into a conditional memory bank of what it's like to be a you as a body. So every time there's an experience here, it just refers back to this whole conditional memory bank and then that feeling that was arising is a re-feeling of an old feeling. The thought is just an old thought. You haven't had a new thought in ages. They're just different orbits, you know? The I, me, my of how I look may be, be like this every day, but there's some that are like way... They seem to, oh, I haven't had that thought in years, but it's just a bigger orbit, yeah? They're all circling around the planet Paul. And they, they have absolutely no power whatsoever. You are the gravitational pull. The idea of being a you. Not you, but the idea of being a you is what holds all those thoughts in place. And how you can describe that gravitational pull is M-Y, mind, the act of being identified. Yes. Because for something that doesn't have a life, how it has a life, and it claims it. See? So a body is my body. Time is my time. Problems are my problems. Dreams are my dreams. Yes? Thoughts are my thoughts. I'm the one who's seeing right now. If you really looked at it for one second, there is no, there is, there is I that's seeing. See, right now, I is seeing, yeah? I'm looking at Bray and Sunny and everyone like that, so I'm I see. The, the, the experience is I am seeing, yeah? And what I would call what I'm seeing is a you, yeah? You. So I'm seeing you, and then if you would look at your experience, you would say I'm, yeah? You would call the seer, or the seeing, I, yes? And I would be a you. So if you really look at it, we're all having the exact same experience. There's an I seeing a you. We just change who the you is and who the I is, but the one constant is the I is seeing a you, yeah? Now what happens if the I, so the I is seeing, there's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. That's pretty clear. And my reaction to it is I seeing, yeah, which let's say if it represents the meaning of presence, that's a pretty good statement. But if you ask yourself, who's that I, what is it that your head, what is it that your head says? It says, it's me, yeah? Does it? Yep. So I go, hey, I'm looking at Z. And everyone says, well, who's looking at Z? I am, right? Who's this I? Me. Yes? Now, what does this mean? When my head says me, what do you think it refers to? Doesn't it refer to a you that's been identified? Just like I see you as a body, when I say me, it's seeing me as a body, but it's my body, yeah? So it's me. But the same event's happening, and the same illusion is occurring. There's the eye that's seeing, the eye that's hearing, the eye that's feeling, the eye that's tasting, the eye that's touching. There's a mental reaction in all of us saying, who's this eye? Well, it's me. And that me is a you. It's pictured as a body. Yeah. So conscious contact is demonstrating itself, which has no... And you have to see with this head, you, it's very important to see this to me. Whenever there's a verb going on, the head has to look for a noun. So when seeing is experienced, there must be a seer. Yes? And if we can't explain something, we'll say God's the doer. But somehow, when our conditional head, the way it is, sees a verb happening, yes? It has to, it, every time a verb is happening, it applies a noun to it. So when there's doing going on, there must be a doer. And Lord Buddha tried to cut it right off at the root. He said, when events are happening, you know, deeds are being done, that's true. So events are happening, and deeds are being done, but there is no individual doer thereof. Yeah? So the verbs of life are going on, but the mind, every time it recognizes a verb, it becomes aware of a verb, 
it says immediately, there must be a noun that's doing it. Yeah? So when it sees thought, there, the, it believes there's a thinker, and you're that thinker. Right? When it hears something, there's a hearer, and you're the hearer. Yeah? When they're seeing, there's someone who must be seeing, and you're the seer. So this is how the mental conditional split mind claims consciousness. Yes? Consciousness is in contact, feeling, you know, seeing, hearing, tasting. But the head interprets it as I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And that I is a me, which is a you. Yeah? So when you say I, it's not like the sense of consciousness that you're calling you, is it? It's usually you, which is a me, when it's identified. <laughs> is it? So at every second, there is the state of conscious contact and every second there's a reaction by the mind to it which is claiming it as being the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, the toucher, the doer. From that point, it just geometrically progresses. Yes? It just compounds. Just like if you look in nature, if you took a little bit of a fern, a little piece of a fern, like they did at that thing we were at in North Carolina, it self-replicates and the little piece of the fern is just like the whole fern. It's the same size. So this whole point of claiming just geometrically progresses, and then there's this whole everything, all the verbing of life, now that has been spliced and a noun put in. Yeah? So in other words, let's say something happens, happens to me. Yes? I must believe there was someone who did it to me. Yeah? If I believe when seeing is happening, there must be a me that's seeing. When something happens to this me, there must be someone that did it. So there's always a sense of looking to blame. For You're the doer of this action. You're the one who's done something to me. You can't escape that interpretation if you're identified with its center, which is the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. When you're identified with that center, you've given up the consciousness of your own nature and you become unconscious of that, and therefore you're part and parcel of that. The sense of being you is a product. It's not what you are. It's a product of a mental process. The sense of being a you as a body is a product of a mental process. If that's locked in, then really all you're trying to get out of it is another form of being in it. I find, that's what I found out. I practiced spirituality, whatever you want to call it, for ten years, and it was like punching myself in a paper bag. There was really no radical shift was going to happen because the sense of who was doing it all was a product of a mental process. It wasn't even close to what I am. So what was trying to become spiritual was an imaginative phantom of a mental process. <laughs> How is that going to have a radical, long-lasting re- effect on it? It's not even a radical, long-lasting effect. How is it going to have a cause? How is it going to cause a radical, long-lasting effect on itself? It's the only place it appears is here. The only place you feel like a self is here. Yeah? There isn't a here like it's a real place. Here is part of the whole maneuver. It's the whole movie. For it to have a sense of a self, there has to be a here and a space. Yeah? There has to be here and time. There's got to be an activity for this you to appear as if it's solid by constantly appearing in each frame. And the only way it can constantly appear in each frame is by being identified as the body, obviously, yes? Without the body, it has nothing to stand on. It's just a little thought among many, many thoughts. But this thought has taken itself to be the noun, and now it's claiming all the other verbs. Yeah. So seeing, I'm seeing. Thinking, I'm thinking. Feeling, I'm feeling. Once that hijack or heist has occurred, it's forget about it. There's no relief down the chain of cause and effect. There's no fucking relief, because this isn't a time-based solution. It's not, and it's not produced by a process. The solution is of a timeless nature. The best you can get here is like what you would call a pause, yes? 
That pause is sort of like the solution, appearing very clearly in a time-based place. There's a pause. You ever had one? It, it feels different than a time, the moment before and after. There's just this different energy in that. Because it's like eternity. Yes? It's a timeless moment in time. That pause is the state, is your true state. That emptiness of mind, that openness of mind, that no-thingness of mind. That is what you are. It isn't an experience you as a body is having. That's what you are, is that pause. The pause represents what I am more than this does. Yeah? And the thing is, you may say, well, I, it's infrequent. This pause is infrequent, but it's not infrequent because it's not of time. It's only infrequent in time, yes? But it's not of time. So it has, it has nothing to do with infrequent or frequent. It's always so. It's always available at all time, at any time, at any moment, because it's not from any moment. It's all moment. Yeah? That pauses you. It's like looking at your original face. It's like what Zen would say. That's your original face. Oh, I can't see it, obviously. It's not a face. Yeah? But you think you're seeing it. That's, that's the interpretation of the split mind. No, there's just seeing. Yeah? The pause is seeing. It's, it's the silence of all verbing. Yes? If everything was verbing, it's like when you're on a moving train, does it seem like it's moving when you're on it? Everything is verbing. Everything is verbing, but... There's a silence in it. The sense of really recognizing that all everything is verbing is an incredible stillness, almost like no movement whatsoever. Yet it's all movement. So you get a glimpse of your original face, and then you want to say, well, I had an experience of my original face. That's the arising of the self-centered system. Remember, it tries to claim everything, yes? So when there's a recognition of its absence, it makes that recognition an experience it had. It just claims it like that. Oh, I had this incredible event of me not being there. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> yeah? It will even claim its own absence all the time. Well, obviously that's what it's doing because it's never been present. It's always been absent. like we're living in a total, like a negative positive. We believe the negative of the picture, we have with, we're taking the positive or the negative of the picture to be real when the positive, yeah. We're the, we're the exact opposite of what's going on. We believe what's appearing is real and not what, where it's all appearing from. Yeah. We're taking what's appearing to be real. And in that taking what's appearing to be real, we forget the context of everything. Totally forget about it. And even when it breaks through our little delusionary story, the head will, like, it just goes up like a little spiritual speed bump. It regathers itself and claims it. Oh, I just had this incredible spiritual experience. Let me tell you about it. I was at this lovely place, and I had eaten some granola with goat stuff at a place called Eats, I think. And then I walked into the park, and then suddenly, I wasn't there. No. You've never been there. That's the good news. Yeah? This is truly like a dream. When you wake up, in a sense, you'll have a feeling it never really happened. Even though it's happening and having impacts on the body, but there will be an underlying sense, which allows you to really travel quite light here, that it's nothing's ever really happened to you. The only place an appearance can have is an effect is on other appearances. always go over it, but I like this anyway. If I, just like this chair, yeah, take this chair. Have I done this, Eric? No. You haven't heard this one. Take this chair. Okay. Very important chair. Let's say it's the bishop's chair. It's been here for 30 years. A lot of important asses have sat on there and other things. And so, and we have a lot of meaning for that chair. Okay, so let me say, if I move the chair, tell me what happened. Keep looking where it is. Can you see the chair anymore? The only way it's conjured up is by memory, yes? Because you can't see it, you're not hearing it, you're not feeling it, you're not tasting it, you're not touching it. Yes? There's absolutely no conscious contact with it. But you can remember, yes? 
you the whole story about the chair was once there, and now it's not there, yeah? Which gives relevance to what? Its appearance as being real, yeah? It was once there, and now, for some reason, it's not there. Instead of getting, it never was there to begin with, it's just, it was an appearance, yes? So, where, if you look at the area, did I have to move any space in from the other room to take up the space the chair was taking up? I mean, let's say the chair took up like two cubic meters of space. Yeah? So did I have to like do really quick get the chair and then move it really fast, get the space in before you notice, hey, there's nothing there? No. Yeah? So really, this, the chair didn't take up any space. Did it? it didn't move any space away that really be there, did it? If it did, then you'd have to move back. Especially if it was there for 40 years, probably the space that was surrounding that empty space wouldn't have immediately rushed in. It would have, yeah, it would be used to thinking this, the chair was there. So, hey, I can see the outline of this chair and nothing this there. No. It didn't take up any space. This wall doesn't take up any space, really. If you took this wall down, you wouldn't have to move in 30 cubic meters of space. It's just an appearance in space, isn't it? So, all right, so the chair's effects would be on the rug, yeah, because it's been on the rug for 30 years. So you would say, I know the chair was here because look, look at those marks on the rug. There is a chair here. And look at how did this happen? A chair must have hit it. So the only evidence of the chair's reality is where would I look? And other appearances, yeah? On the rug and here. On the space, does it, does it have any reality in the space? Does it have any history? Can you, by looking at the space, can you say, oh, there was a chair here once. Can, this, can you see that? And then maybe, can you see that there was never a chair in this space? There was, a, that's like a chair-like space, I can sense. Do you feel that? No. So really, the chair has no effect on space. Look, in this little example, you could say it's all atoms, but I'm using it as a metaphor. That? So yeah, has no effects. It has effects on other appearances, but not on the space. So in it, if you were looking at the chair from the, the space, from the point of view of space, it would be truly irrelevant, really, because it would have no effect on the space. It had no influence on the space. It couldn't produce any movement or ripple in the space, so to that to the space it would be as if it never existed, yet yeah? has no existence. Now tell me the difference between this chair and the appearance sitting in it. The space can't sit in the chair, can it? But an appearance can. What am I then? As this? Wouldn't you say it I'm an appearance, just like the chair? And my, my sphere of influence is only on other appearances. I can't punch the space, can I? I can't grab it. I can't tell it to go, hey, move. You know, I get out of here, fucking space. No, it doesn't listen to me, does it? So my only sphere of influence is on other appearances. I can really hurt your feelings. Yes? And you can really hurt my feelings, but I can't really hurt space. Yeah? What's the difference between the chair and this? You can say that this has sentience. But if you really looked at what was most supportive in the world, it was probably the chair. It supported a lot more assets than I have. Yeah. So in, in functional, it's probably more valuable, obviously, than this appearance, tell you the truth, in some respect. So what's the difference? Why can't you entertain, maybe, that maybe your mind is more like space or sky than it is like a body? That your, your mind, not the conditional mind, I mean mind, is more like empty space or nothingness than a body. Yes? And what would that do if your experiences here is through a body? Don't you believe that if you entertained a little bit of your space-like nature, it would sort of allow this body to travel lighter? through all the terrain and geography the body's going to have to travel through. Because spirit definitely doesn't travel over geography. This journey is as a body, yes? Okay. 
it's, it's such a beautiful message because it doesn't negate the idea of a body. Body is part of functioning here. All it does, and it doesn't change, doesn't say you shouldn't worry about next week or you should be worrying about next week. All it does is bring into light or into question the idea of a solid you that's doing anything. Yeah? It's other words, it's just taking a noun, not all the nouns, just the one noun of you as the seer, you as the hearer, you as the feeler, and not even removing it, we're just looking at it. Because when you look, you'll see that the noun you thought you were is just a verb. It's just like everything else, streaming and streaming and streaming. You're like imagined every day, and you're conjured back up by memory. mind is remembering you. Now, is that going to be dismissed completely? You probably would just leave here. You would never just be bye-bye. So there will probably be some remnants of, a, of a, some sort of stickiness to this situation. But man, you'll be traveling a lot lighter. Instead of like living on fly paper, you'll be able to skip a little bit. You'll be buoyant, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll have... It's so easy. If you're here, you'll see that there's a mental there. You'll be able to recognize what's not happening. If you recognize what's not happening as what's not happening, you will have an immunity to it. And most of what you call fear is just a product of thinking about what's not happening. It's actually mental anxiety. It's nothing to do with you. Yeah? But if you're identified as what's really not happening, this, then you have very little immunity to the mental realm of what's not happening. So what you thought happened to you as a body and what you're thinking may happen to you as a body has a huge amount of of importance to you. Yes? A huge amount. Your interest and attention is wedded to that story. And it's difficult to pry it loose. You can have the greatest, you could probably have a therapist move in seven days a week, five hours a day at your house, and you'd still be flipping out. Yeah? You can have the most perfect body, and your mind will still be finding fault in something. Or I won't have a perfect body later on, or something like crazy like that. Yes? There's no real enjoying a peace of mind if you're engaged in time. Because that means peace is an infrequent visitor. If, it, if you believe it came, you believe it will go. And I'll tell you, your mind will be harping on the going more than the coming. It really will. It will accentuate when it's gone, and it will probably not enjoy it when it's here, as you well know. Yes. How many times, even in old relationships where, I remember this guy uh, tried to kill himself. He was a guy in North Australia. And he had this girlfriend that, uh, I was there about three times, West Coast, with them, and it was obvious that he really, you know, had like benign neglect about his girlfriend. He didn't pay much attention to her. But then finally she decided to leave him, and then the day she left him, he called me, and he had an incredible realization that she was the source of all his happiness the day she left. He didn't have that realization for the two and a half years they were together, but it was amazing how it appeared just when she wasn't there. <laughs> And if, let's just say, you believe your source of happiness has left, never to come back, what's the mental state you're going to be in? Nasty, eh? You're going to have some exquisite suffering. Because now, the source of all your happiness, forever and ever, has left. (laughs) You don't see it? How this head does it? You always, well, you usually want what you don't have, don't you? Check it out. Watch it. Watch what it does. You know, if you're having a good day, you'll be worried it's going to not last in about 10 minutes. I bet you I could sit here. I used to, I remember, you know, people used to say, oh, Paul, you lived on the edge out there. The edge, you know, like getting shot at and shooting dope. You know what the edge was? Sitting in a room with someone loving you unconditionally. You want to watch the popcorn maker go off? All the old ideas that I don't deserve being loved. What did I do? To, what did I do? Something. All thousands, thousands of thoughts. 
as, as, uh, as a counter to just receiving that love. Yeah? And yet, the whole story about your life is, all I want is unconditional love. But when you're facing it, you realize you don't want unconditional love as that. That's the last thing it wants. It wants to be right about not having unconditional love. Yeah? So to me, that's the edge. When you can sit here and watch, I'm telling you, watch the structure become illuminated as your head. How you're actually traveling. You're not traveling as a body. You're traveling in mental compartments that produce mental experiences. Yeah? All rooted. It's like you have 800, 900 pictures up here. But they're really defined by the frame. The frame, the size of the frame, creates the illusion of how it looks, the bigness of it, the depth of it. If you have a really big frame, it can do a lot of things for you. Let's say, in the condition by being identified as self, you're in a frame called self-centeredness. And in this frame, mental frame, what does it do? It produces mental states, which are your experiences. The frame actually produces the mental states. The mental states are your mind's interpretation of what's going on. How is it going on to you, to them, and this and that. And it seems like it's authentically organic, but that's also part of the deception. Yeah. And all of this frame, whatever appears in the frame, is defined by the frame, and none of this, which is what is appearing in this, is a you. This you can never leave this picture because it doesn't exist outside this picture. Yes? It's wanting to get out of this is one of its driving forces of seeking and desiring, but in fact, none of its desires can take it outside because it only appears based on this frame. Yeah? The frame is defining the picture. So this little action figure in here that's wanting to transcend or do enlightenment or this and that and get out of it, there's no place to get out of. It's only appearing in mind. And mind framed in a system called self-centeredness. And all here is what I am. All here, yeah? All here is what I am. All here is the context of what I am. And yet I'm identifying with the content, and the content wants to have an experience of the context, but as the content. Yeah? So many of us sitting here, we're waiting to get it. Yeah? We're waiting to get the message. We're waiting to get the event. That's waiting in here to get this. Yeah? This is like a special somewhere in everywhere. We want an experience as the special someone of everywhere, with the hopes that that will give us as a special someone an advantage. The point is, is if I am not the action figure, the sense is of all of that. So what is the background becomes the foreground, and what seems to be the foreground goes to the background. The emphasis of your life, not your life, of life, the emphasis expressing as you in this life shifts. And the emphasis is now of the context, and a lot of the color and meaning and heaviness of this place gets absorbed out. Yes? It still appears, but it doesn't appear like it used to appear. It just appears. And there's a sense of the, being the context. But there's no way the dreamt object, the sense of being a body, can ever escape this frame and jump and transcend it and enter context. Because it's already context appearing as a content. Yeah? All it needs to do is question the validity of the content, and that's the context. Yeah? It's instantaneous. It has nothing to do with time. It's not a process. It's just a recognition of your allness, yeah, from the point of view of being a special somewhere. By questioning who is it this is a special somewhere, if there isn't you, that's the allness. So by seeing what you're not, that's being what you are. 
And then verbs go back to being verbs, just like they've always been. And all the insertions of nouns are seen. They become less and less solid, and everything is just, instead of, wait, instead of verb, noun, verb, noun, verb, noun, it just becomes verbing, 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 verbing. And there's a, a fluidity to your life, because that's traveling life. translates. It's, it's like um, you get to know about it by finding out. Yeah, It's almost like it seeps from behind the picture. So you're in this whole engaged as being this whole thing and then like all the color gets drained out of it. Yes, And then something leaks in and in that leaking in there's an intimation of allness, let's say. And then the somewhereness it realizes it's always been the everywhereness. Yeah. Even though the somewhere keeps appearing, it's not somewhere. Yes? It's everywhere. It doesn't have a special quality of separation. It's somewhere appearing in everywhere. It's like the wave recognizes it's not a wave, and that's the ocean. It doesn't have to take classes of how to be the ocean. It just sees it's not a wave. That's all that's necessary. Yeah? Question your waveness, because most of us want to be a wave and have an experience of the ocean. It's insane. Because as a wave, you can be dry. It's a subjective experience. You can actually believe you're dry. What you're wet as hell. Yeah. It's like a fish. The fish has no idea it's in the water until it's caught. When it hits the deck of the boat, it starts flapping around because it's out of its element. Yeah, then it knows it's too late then. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's nice to appreciate the water, I guess, if you were a fish, considering it's the only thing you live as. Yeah. So all this talk was just for this, this energy, yeah? Now this no thing... This is recognition because I sensed it so many times now at these meetings. It's like the guest has walked in, never left, but you can sense it. The space, you know, pause. Paul Howe was just resting on a thumb. It's so easy to pull out. <laughs> That's how... Waking up, exactly. It's like an imaginary thumb. You don't have to pull it. Because <gasps> selfing can get startled. It's a verb, yes? Selfing? It's a mental process. Selfing. It can get startled. And when it's startled, that's a pause. And then you see something's going on when you stop going on, what you call you. And that's a beautiful free sample, yeah? The whole truth is right demonstrated in that one second of 
being stopped, you know, into, into the mind stopping. It shows you the whole enchilada, that one second. It doesn't need time to draw out its importance. It can happen in a flash, yeah? because it's not of time nor of size. You see, and then maybe you'll need it five times, one time, fifty times, but everyone's after a while it's going to catch your attention, yeah. And then something, the emphasis is going to move from the foreground and all the particulars to the background. That's all going to move. And then the background, all all this is going to become, it's going to draw your attention. Yes? So while you're attending to things, your attention will be resting in somewhat no thing. Yeah? So your whole goal is today. This is it. This is the culmination of everything. And everything that came before can be erased in a nanosecond. And everything that came after, yes. And if you blew the past away and the future away, what would be left is right now. It's always this, always, until you leave this body. Yeah. And now you can build cities on it, you know, put a railroad on it. But in fact, the underlying basis is awareness, yes. It's present awareness. I want to build a future and a past on it. Go right ahead. The mind wants to build a lot of things on it. But none of that becomes what it is. It is and it is that. Everything else appears as they do. Yeah? But none of their appearances affect its definition, which is empty, void, whatever you want to call it. Context, allness, everywhereness. This is our last meeting this year, isn't it? No. We're going to have one January. Hmm? You don't have any next week? No. I'm going away. I'm going into seclusion. Yes. I'm going to go on a retreat. I'm going to sit quietly and finger my remote. But it will be on mute. No, we're going away. The 29th we'll be back. So we're going to have a meeting on Saturday that week, and then we'll start again regularly. Yes. Any questions? Yeah, if, if you not get that pause, if you hit that pause, you get that, let's say, if you said it a time, we're not this body, but we're the vehicle. The vehicle, the body's always listening. The body's always there. No. It appears. Find out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want to find out, knowing this baloney. How many things did you know, and then how 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 much did they really help you? I knew this, and then you go there, and it didn't work out the way you thought. Yeah. What would happen if you just showed up? And you could just see how it worked out. Much cleaner way of living, isn't it? Of course you make your plans and everything like that. There's, there's times even the year. But the, like when I would get, let's say the time I went to North Carolina, I didn't study what they were about. I didn't look up. I just said, fuck it. I'll just go there and see what happens. And I sort of like that. Yeah? Finding out. Knowing, you know, isn't that a drive that your head has? It wants to know. When you wake up in the day, does it want to tell you how it's going to be? Really, when you meet someone, doesn't it tell you how they are? Why is it that it wants to know so much? That's the question. Not knowing, why is it knowing, but what's the drive for it to know? What sense of security does it have when everything's stale and known? And why is there a huge anxiety or resistance to finding out? Interesting questions to check out, yeah? Because if your head, if that head has those attributes and it's interpreting your life for you, if it's your navigator, then basically, 
the journey isn't going to be one of discovery. You're not going to be discovering much. Yeah? When finding out is a cool thing. Like in Zen, you know, they would say, I don't know is the highest state of mind. I don't know goes exactly with finding out. That's what occurs. When you don't know, you find out. When you know, the best you can do is find out that you're wrong. <laughs> that can take years of <laughs> knowing, you know, because it's not easily convinced. It likes to be right. And so when it gets evidence that doesn't go along with its plan, it tends to forget about it. So I've seen people who have a terrible disease called alcoholism, and they're not convinced. Yeah. Seriously. They have no teeth. They've been on the streets for 15 years. Their families have left them. They're totally broke. And they still think, hey, I don't know if I'm going I mean, this mind does not get convinced easily because it's based on convinced and unconvinced. Yeah? So you can be thoroughly convinced this moment, and a minute later you can be unconvinced. But if you're coming from another place, there is a state of being convinced. Yeah? When then things are, then it's done. Just like instead of living a life where you're, you're forgetting and then having to go through a process that we call surrendering, why not be in surrendered? Where the things that were meant to be understood are understood. You realize what was obvious. Yes? It's a done deal. Then there's a, a real movement then you really drop a lot of luggage, but instead of driving back and having to be reconvinced all the time, you get some momentum. Yeah. Convinced means to believe with certainty. Believe with certainty cannot be in the mind, not the conditional mind. You cannot be certain there. Because there's too much time in there. Yeah. You can be certain about something today, but will you be certain about it a year from now? You cannot possibly have certainty. Yeah. But certainty is not of time. It's a convincing. Something has been revealed that's always so, or is at least a principle, and it has length and duration, and it overrides and outshines circumstances and situations, and there can be a convincing in that. Yes, When you see something that has an overall view, it imbues itself in you, and you travel as that. Yes, That's convincing. To me, that's why I like the word entertaining for this message, because it's like entertaining. You don't think about it, or, well, you never did think about it. The system may think about it, but behind all that, there's an entertaining of it, which was provoked in me by an unspoken yes when I heard this message. It was way prior to any thinking. It was just, I, just something hit me, and from that point on, it was just a matter of time here. Yeah. Because something new, beyond knowing that this was so, it just had to work through a couple of things. Yeah. But it was a done deal. Like Ramana says, your head is in the tiger's mouth. It's already a done deal. If you've had that unspoken yes, it's just a matter of dancing in time and space, but it's a done deal. The mind has recognized its own nature. By hearing about it, it had a hit, a recognition, an aha, deep, unspoken yes, whatever, however you want to describe it. But at that point, it's a done deal. It just may take some time to translate here, but it's already finished. Yeah, this mind's seen, seen itself. So you can't lose. That's the beautiful news. And the fact is, there is no time, so you're not late. Yeah, there's no positioning on the plane that you'll get there ahead of everyone else. You know, the plane lands at the same time for everybody. <laughs> yeah, and when things really break out, you'll see that there was no longing or patience or anything like that. Had nothing to do with it. That's all time-based. It's all of this place. Feeling like you've missed out. If I only would have listened harder that time. It's all the story. Yeah. Has no has no relevance other than what you give it. You're incredibly unfettered and free right at this moment. It's just that you don't believe it. Let's say if you were a character actor and you were acting in a play and that person, the character, was in prison, but you went home every night and you had the semblance that you were not that character, yes? So in a sense as it could be appearing as if you're bound all day in the performance, 
but you're totally free in that, appearing to be bound, yes? Because you're not the character, you're the actor. And you actually can make it more real by realizing it's not real. You can put all of yourself into that, yes? And I'll tell you, you know, you can see people who are really good actors, they, they actually portray someone that you've lived as better than you did when you were living as it. Because there's a stereability, but they're not bound by the role because they have a sense, I'm not that. Yeah? It doesn't mean the role is dismissed. It may never even change for you. There's just a recognition, I'm not that. Yes? So it can look like you're bound, and your head will say, hey, this looks like I'm bound, so then you believe you're bound. But it doesn't matter what the mind presents as your condition. You're prior to that. If you're basing your condition on having the mind agree with your take, that, oh yes, I'm always true and always so, the mind is not going to agree with that. It may agree with it tonight when you're at a meeting or when you go see some big important person you think is clear or whatever, but it's just a story. You're not any, it's never, it's never locating you, the mind. That's the immunity. You don't take the mind's take anymore as being valid. So when it says, oh, I'm not feeling as clear as I was yesterday, it's just total baloney. You weren't clear yesterday. There was no you to be clear yesterday. There's just what is. Yeah? And the head will try to tell you what that means. And you'll see it. Yes? And if you see it, instead of seeing from it, there'll be immunity to it. So you won't be located or triangulated by thought. The thoughts will not locate you as this player in this square and in this condition. Yeah? There is no one as a player in this square that becomes a non-player. There's a recognition there was never a player. That's all there is. Yes? It's not like, oh, I was something, then I broke through, and now I'm not something, and now I'm a bigger not something. No. There's, there was never a someone. Simple as that. No matter how real you felt. <laughs> You're never going to leave. You are never going to be a personal tattoo on space. You're, we're all henna. We're all getting washed away. <laughs> we leave no imprint on this. <laughs> it's not like you're going to be half space and half this. <laughs> I'm half really filled with space today. No, you're not. You are that. Somehow the mind wants to write itself in as relevant. I'm the one. I had to be the one who entertained it. No, you don't. The unspoken self, yes, was not based on you entertaining it. You were just in the room at the right time. Someone said something and then, whoa! You weren't going, yeah, I agree with this. You were probably going, hey, look at that babe over there. Whoa, something came over you. There was a recognition that was outside your scope. Yeah? Your little tunnel vision lens wasn't picking up what was seeing at that moment. Yeah? But what was seeing heard what it was hearing, and you were, yes. And you heard it around the little tunnel vision aperture called selfie. Oh, and the selfie claimed it. Oh, I, I had the unspoken yes. No, you didn't. It was just an unspoken yes. You did not have it. And you did not lose it since then. And you didn't, and you're not guilty for not working hard to answer that unspoken yes. And I should have changed my whole life to, to accommodate the unspoken yes. No! That's all selfing. <laughs> the greatest accommodation is when you recognize that. I am not. Not purifying or anything. Maybe that will happen in your life, but that's not what sets us up. You just lose interest in all the forms of selfing that you were totally engaged as before. Yeah? yeah. Alright, so who wants to be a Jew? <laughs> Convert to Judaism. You've got only one, two days. It's going to take a couple hours to hit, so... You better start spraying, because Christmas, woo! Heavy. So to counteract all that Christianity coming your way, Judaism. Oh, it'll be very difficult for you. You got Hinduism also. Sikhism. Oh, that's a double whammy. I've got to get you a bottle. So, yeah. Anyone wants any 
It's right here. It says convert to Judaism. I did it two days ago. Yes. It's affected me greatly. I have, I've been sprayed a lot, though. I had to spray a lot. There's a lot of Christianity resisting it. All that Christian, all those nuns that taught me it. Marie Neal, Sister Mary. I'm going to break out of my Christian cocoon into my metamorphosis Jew butterfly. Ah, free, finally, having sex with no guilt. Yeah! It's just starting. My year started two days ago, my new year. My Jewish new year, two days ago. Any questions tonight? No? Next year is going to be a year of no questions. So this is it, your last chance. No? One, two, three.